0: Your place to be. I won't cry,
1: Maple syrup is the best. It's so good, though. I won't cry. Just be present with me and love me. I won't cry, Mick. Wow. 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 Wow and they start
2: doing this weird hello, hello. hello. <laughs> and then we start administering the medicine then we share some teachings and wisdom of the tradition uh some teachings of, of course of the medicine and the whole time we have the Traditional music going
0: on in, in the background. Okay, guys, welcome back to the America Show. We're going to be chatting with Amber and Anthony from Awaken Your Soul Iboga Retreat down in uh, Costa,
1: Rica, I think. Costa,
0: Rica. Costa, Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. They yep. said Costa. Did they? Okay. So you usually just go with the opposite of whatever gram I pronounce everything wrong. Dunlop. Actually, you've got much better at it lately. Thanks. You're, you're, you've come a long way. I'm trying. In the last five years. Because I'm
1: reading audio, narrating. The, so you yeah. have to try.
0: I love when you say subsequent. <laughs> uh, and we have Mike in studio today. How's it going? Welcome good? to the show. <clears throat>
1: Mike is from Vancouver. You guys have heard me talk about his UFO sightings recently, and uh-huh. he's been in Calgary this weekend, and we're like, hey, buddy, come to the studio and do an intro with us. It's yeah. good to see you face-to-face, and first time you and Darren have met in yeah, person. Uh-huh. Did you guys know each other from when you lived in Vancouver? <clears throat> no. No. No, I met him actually from the show, kind of. I mean, actually, my sister's friend uh, was friends with Mike. And, yeah. Well, my sister was friends with Mike, and she's like, yeah.
3: Do you remember the day? What the- happened? We're having a barbecue down in Vancouver on a patio, and we saw this. We thought it was oh, a UFO, right. so I took a video of it, and she's like, you got to send that video to my brother in Calgary. He's into this stuff. Remember, we sent it to you. It ended up it was just a uh, plane.
1: <laughs> no, but it was a weird plane.
3: It was. There was an oh, the air show in space. Abbotsford, and one had come out, in it it's shooting out a bunch of sparkly stuff out the back. It looked like
1: that's what's right. that stuff
3: fighter jets put out, you know, at the back. Flack. Yeah, but it was right over Vancouver, and it just went on, like, a trail, like 10 kilometers, you know, across the mountains. Like, what is that? But yeah,
1: plain. That's how we met. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So you just got a random text from a random dude, and then you guys just started texting.
1: Well, no, my sister introduced us formerly, then, yeah. and then I went to Vancouver, and I, we 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 went out for dinner, and we chatted, and it was fantastic. was just like you know, I have these meetings with people that I don't know, but they they love all the stuff that we talk about, and it's just like you've just met this long lost friend. I mean, it's fantastic. It's happened to me a few times. I love it.
0: Did yeah. you cry? I did. Oh, you still happy. No You cried too? Are you a crier too?
3: Oh, Oh, actually, I haven't cried in 20 years, but yeah, it's
0: okay. (laughs) DMT. Graham cries a lot. I do? No, just to music. Didn't you say you almost cried during the show the other day? Well,
1: that was different. different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen. Sometime before episode 1000, we're going to get Dunlop to burst into tears on the podcast.
1: Just play some drums. Maybe I'll do it. I might no, learn how to play the drums could just for this. Stephen
3: Greer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should be able to do it. <laughs> On demand. so intense.
0: So, do you think that's authentic? No. Because Graham got mad at me because I shut off the documentary when Greer started crying. I was like, he's faking. I can't watch this.
3: You know, I don't know, but there's something about it.
0: Seems inauthentic. Yeah, inauthentic. Inauthentic cry. But
3: then again, I haven't I don't think it's normal not to cry for twenty years, which is my case. So who knows? There's gotta be a healthy balance in there.
0: Well, I've cried a lot more than the last twenty years, yeah. but I haven't ever just you know cried during an interview and maybe not taken another take. You know what makes yeah. me cry? I'll
1: tell you what makes me cry. Drums. No. Um Wembley Stadium singing Bohemian Rhapsody. That was the last time? Like fifty thousand people. Like when I watched it, I think I watched like Queen with my mom, and it was just fucking heart wrenching.
0: Like recently?
1: Uh, no, last year probably. Oh, I was
0: gonna say because it was a
1: recording of an
0: event. It's a or recording. Was it
1: it's just it's it was reco- a, live a live recording. A live recording. If you played it now, you'd cry. Fifty thousand people singing Bohemian Rhapsody, I'd probably fucking cry. Should I pull it up? Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 okay, we won't. We won't cry. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. what's new? Well, I mean, th- do you want to tell, tell us your sighting, like in person? Sure.
0: Yeah. Just I mean,
1: the it, one that, I mean, we, I talked I got about two, it, I got but two now yeah, he the
0: other video he he had... hasn't stopped talking about oh, it. Oh yeah. <laughs> like four shows in a row.
1: Well, because it's so applicable to what's going on. I mean, it's the same thing that these Navy pilots have seen and you saw it and you sent me the video and I, I you still know, I got it. a couple stills from it.
3: Yeah. When you see the, the, the Navy pilot, the the picture, the little the round thing. I mean, I don't know if that's – and mine looks the same, but I think it's just the light. It's just the way the iPhone makes it look. But there was something up there that was – it looked like – it's about 700 feet up. Like a tic-tac? Vancouver. No, it just looked like a, a balloon catching the light, like flickering. And Weather balloon. Yeah, Was exactly. it only
1: 700 feet up, you know? <laughs> about think?
3: 700, 800 feet up, maybe. It was a little bit taller than the uh, towers on the other side of the Broad Bridge here in Vancouver. The new ones.
1: Get up and stay up to the mic. Yeah.
3: yeah and then uh, – so I saw it about from Kit's point, like near Kit's speed. So I started, I saw this light flickering in the sky. So of course, you know, I'm going to check it out. Right. But I figured in my mind, it's a drone or whatever. So I get over there and I keep catching this light, started, put my phone up, started taping it. And whenever it, the light would, it would flare up and it was gone and there was nothing there. There was nothing there catching light. There's just nothing there. And I'm recording and recording it. Happened a whole bunch of times. It would like, it would really light up and it would move and then it would disappear and then it would show up maybe like two hundred feet away and it just light up again and it's gone. There was nothing there. Like I was just that's so that's, I I took the video.
1: So yeah. that's what really on the video I can see it at just the bottom, and then all of a sudden it appears at the top.
3: Like it moved at that one and, spot, it moved about a hundred feet in one thirtieth of a second. Yeah. I mean, that's fast.
0: <laughs> uh I uh, I seen the video.
3: Yeah. Uh Maybe. I got a API. They do investigation on things. They got it right now. They're looking at it. I'm talking to the guy in California a couple of times. And uh, so they're working on it, you know, and th- there's a bunch of them now. That they've seen, I've seen that they've got, they put online now, it's the exact same thing. It's flickering light that nobody can see anything. It's moving, going really fast, jumping all over the place. So it's not just me. It's all over. There's probably, probably seen about five to five or seven of them that look exactly the same thing in the last three months. Wow, there was a couple in the Isle of Man, I think it was, and then uh, some d- down in the states. Yeah, I don't know what it is.
1: You yeah. know what? I, you know what I heard today. The kind of switching subjects a little bit is uh, Catalina Island was a dumping ground for like twenty five thousand barrels of DDT.
3: Oh, crazy! Yeah, I heard there was some yeah under the ocean. Not not the Catalina. Or are you talking about in the ocean by Catalina? Catalina. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's that there there's, there's got to be a coincidence where that's supposed to be where the underground base is for the UFOs. I mean, a lot of the UFOs are coming around out of out of the water around Catalina Island
0: yeah. because we mutated a bunch of dolphins. No, <laughs> maybe it's just no, maybe
1: it's just a, a a cover like it's not really there but it'll keep people away or something because there's DDT around the island so people won't go to the underground base like maybe it's not really there.
3: Interesting spot. Catalina Island all those supposed giant mummies and stuff there you've heard of that right no yeah there's a lot look up giants kelly island can we go to catalina island
1: yeah why not how will we get there california off the coast of california probably a ferry they get there it's probably pretty easy to get
0: but what about the ddt oh it's just a hoax so the ferry doesn't care about the ddt either
1: no, nobody cares about the DDT. Nobody cares? No, they're just saying they've. They, the, on Dell Big Tree's show today, they were just talking about how it looks like they, there was evidence that there was uh, 25,000 barrels of DDT dumped or left around Catalina Island. And I thought, wow, what a coincidence that that's such an infamous UFO island. I didn't know that. Didn't know what?
0: About the UFO island
1: or the DDT. Yeah, you did. You've been doing the show for eight years. We've talked about it. We had the. All uh, I know about Catalina. We had the it's orange the orbs. Catalina
0: wine mixer, bro. They got Catalina. <laughs> they, got,
3: they got UFO t- tours there. Like that's what they're set up really? for. Really? Yeah, I, Catalina. I, no. Island. Yeah, yeah. I didn't Look know that. They got a whole thing set up. That's yeah, famous. as yeah.
1: well, it was the red the red orb guy that came on a while ago. That was one of the um, exiting points that he tracked all the orbs to on Catalina Island.
0: Oh, how far down is that? Like down by San Diego.
1: I think it's northern, northern, north of LA, I think.
0: I don't mind North California. I have a real hard time with SoCal.
1: Why? I don't know.
0: I just don't like it. The whole California experience is weird to me. Honestly, they're like, pull you over and search your car with mirrors and shit on the way in. And it was just like, left a bad taste in my mouth. None of the other states I've ever driven into <laughs> have done that. What, what, and then when I went... To the camping, I got in trouble for my bear spray because I guess that's illegal in California. And so California has bad taste in my mouth. Bad taste. Maybe it can make it better. I would like to maybe go visit Ben one day and maybe do a little farther into California. I've never been farther into California than about 20 miles. About, actually, about 60 miles. And I turned around came back. Um, maybe we should go there. That reminds me, next week we're going to have the Zilla guys on the intro. Don't let me forget about that. I told them we would. Okay. Further, Because they have the big uh manifest yeah. coming up down in Oregon on the 29th.
1: The Agragorgon. I might want to go to that. Yeah, me too.
0: We have our shots. We have our vaccine papers. We have our second shot papers. We can just head down, check out the thing, and come back.
1: So it looks like Catalina Island is right off of uh south of... L.A., kind of right across from Long Beach and Newport Beach and all that. So it's right How there. How far is
0: the ferry ride?
1: Uh, I don't know. But you there's call a Catalina the- Flyer Ferry, and there's the Catalina Express Ferry. There's a couple different ones there. What are
3: they called? The Channel Islands, aren't they? That whole chain there?
0: How <clears> far <throat> off are they? Can you see them?
3: I'm not sure. I've never been there. Yeah.
0: You should call the border guy again and see if they'll let you drive over yet. And if they will, we'll whip down that weekend.
1: Yeah. So this is to uh, to, the Oregon, to the Oregon thing. How long of a drive do you think it is?
0: It's going to be about 12, 10, 12 hours, 12, hours, 12 yeah. 13 hours. How
1: far? Maybe you can go down there too. We'll meet you down there.
3: Yeah. When's
1: this? Uh, last weekend of July, July 29th, 30th.
0: You need fake vaccine papers. Uh,
1: I'm not going down some. there. I
3: don't, I, I don't want No, I don't you might right not. You won't need
0: facts. You don't, <laughs> I don't you have a passport. I think we right do to now. get back in.
1: No. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Nobody's Otherwise, forcing you have to quarantine. No, you just do what Chris Sky does. You don't have to quarantine. You just tell them. Are you them... comfortable with that? Yeah, that part, yeah. Okay. I'm more comfortable in that than giving I, them fake I, I haven't
0: got you out of the country yet. That's why I ask. I just
1: I think I'm comfortable from going through the airport and saying no, I'm not quarantining. I think I'm more comfortable doing that.
0: But we're going to drive.
1: What? Well then you won't even have to worry about it. Just come over and say if I have to. Well, you have to make sure they're going to let you drive into
0: the states. I don't care about coming back. Oh, we'll get into the country. Well, you don't need to vaccinate to be to go into the states. Last time you couldn't drive into the states. That's because
1: the that's because the border was close.
0: Make sure that you can, so that we don't drive five hours and have to turn around. Yeah, we'll figure out a way into fucking Canada one way or another. Yeah, right. Maybe we'll we'll probably smuggle some drugs. (laughs) Just kidding, (laughs) we won't. I'm working on a little secret box though. Oh, my God. For ivermectin. Ivermectin. And marijuana. I found this COVID loophole. During COVID, they don't search you. (sighs) Touch wood.
1: <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. This is on our on our normal show. We're not like, oh, we're not, not supposed to, to be talking about COVID. Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, just we? this is going to come out on YouTube, we and can we're going to get in YouTube trouble. Right? I mean, we, we can handle, handle a another strike. YouTube strike. Okay, the other so. two are off right now. So, all right, let's, let's get, get into Iver Mike is the guy that's doing the most to not get COVID out of anybody in the world. <laughs>
0: Wow. <laughs> Tell us your protocol So this <laughs> is good This is great Because I'm the guy Who's doing the least In the world <laughs> To not get COVID not So buying. now we can compare Our stories And so far We're both batting A thousand Everything I'm doing Is, is good for everything You know I mean I'm taking
3: ivermectin N-acetylcysteine You know All the vitamins all Minerals stuff Everything Like I've
0: done everything Nasal sprays I was supposed to have Ivermectin But Kyle I haven't got it In the mail yet
1: I got extra tubes if you want them. So I, want I do tubes. I He did, has I... the pills for me. I
0: don't oh, want to suck okay. on paste. That's weird to me. Okay. Are you sucking paste or taking pills? Oh,
3: uh, paste. Yeah, paste is fine. It's great. They're not going to give, uh, you know, million-dollar do just... horses bad drugs.
0: What, do you just put it on a cracker or something? No, no. You,
3: I... you got to mix it with fat because that makes you absorb it.
0: So like on some cheese? Yeah,
3: or yogurt or whatever. I just put
1: it in. I just go like this on my finger, put it in my mouth, swallow it, then have a couple spoonfuls of yogurt, and that's Good it. So uh, should I
3: be taking ivermectin?
1: I, I, think, Iver, I think
3: ivermectin will be considered an anti-aging drug in the near future.
0: So I should just be taking yeah. ivermectin all the
3: well, time. Well, I'm not recommending anything, but, you know.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> winked at me,
0: just for the people who are just listening.
1: Well, did We're you not get, giving any medical advice at all, Did you get me an all, extra tube? My nose was... Sn- I was sniffly yesterday. Did you get me an extra tube? I got, I got an extra tube. My okay. nose was sniffly yesterday. Um,
0: so Kyle
1: And I took you my pills. And I took ivermectin... And uh, and a bunch of vitamin C and vitamin D, and just like because I it was sniffly for a while, like yeah. and the, like sneezy kind of like I had an allergy almost. Probably, and, yeah, just went away like mm-hmm. that. So I don't know. So what did you think about that Vice article? Did you have, did you read that at all? Did you see no, what they're pushing he, back he, he, against the, Joe Rogan? The and, minute
3: I don't need to read it because I know what it is. It's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I've read enough. Yeah. I mean, so I'm you think
1: there's it. a lot of studies out there showing ivermectin's? This is
3: the way. It. Honestly, this is the way I look at it. It's not doing you any harm and it's probably doing a lot of good. I mean, if uh, teenagers can go against their parents' will and get, their, get a sex change or, uh, you know, get a jab. experimental jab without their permission, yet an adult can't make a cost benefit analysis, take a totally safe drug that they give to 4.7 billion people,
1: you know, they can fuck off. <laughs> with, with a great success. Like, it's yeah. one of the most successful drugs over the decades, oh, right?
3: It's an amazing safe drug. They gave it, they literally give it to whole countries at a time and now they're worried about safety.
0: So yeah. I should get yeah. on the ivermectin. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it and see it. Yeah. if it. I mean, I feel pretty good most of the time. If yeah, I can get I rid just... of this food allergy thing. I think I'd be in pretty good shape. But I mean, I really, I got sick less than ever last year.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: which actually makes me gives a little more credence to the germ theory, I suppose.
1: What about quercetin and zinc and stuff?
3: It's the same thing. You know, it's you not proven, it? you but I take it? it. But it's good for. Uh, million other things, so why not take it right now?
1: So where would the ivermectin get But isn't into it close my... to being proven? Sorry to interrupt.
3: There's some smaller Co- studies I think, I think, you know, that have shown some benefit, but it's no massive trials showing that against
1: COVID. Yeah, I mean yeah. we've talked to naturopathic doctors like Dr. Iada and, and some others yeah. that have had hundred percent success with vitamin protocols which yeah. include zinc and quercetin.
4: Yeah.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: zinc's something I should be getting in the in my diet, right?
4: You should. If I, I, was, mean, if and I was if
0: I eat a lot of meat you your,
3: what I Hurt when you, you drink eat a lot of meat. You're probably getting lots of it. Zi- lot of red meat. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's lots in that. Um, what
0: actually.
3: the corsetin does, it, it draws the zinc into the cell. It's an ionophore, so you need to get the zinc into the cell, and that inhibits viral replication. That's why you're taking the corsetin.
0: So now, does that happen it, it, naturally? It acts like it
1: acts like H C Q in a way. Yeah, they exa- say. exactly. Yeah. How but do
0: it, I do that naturally?
3: Because uh, I'm. Like, not how you would increase zinc in the cell and other without- Because I like I'm to it. think
0: usually that stuff was more naturally built in and it's stuff we've fallen away from more so than-
1: Well, that's why, I mean, I think vitamins and minerals I are I mean, you just bought a bunch
0: of dirt to eat, which I think is I didn't is, buy kind it. It got sent point. to me. Yeah, was... but you know what I mean. You're going to eat some dirt because well, there's not enough dirt in your diet. But Whereas no, no, I no. think going out in the bush and dragging my meat through the dirt before I eat it, is probably getting me some of that dirt. Well, so I don't no, have to, I don't have to supplement dirt into my diet. I think we've all
1: I think it's <laughs> no, hard to get true. away from no, 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 no. from, from like,
0: I, I'm obviously not the extreme example because I'm cleaning my meat and everything else, but when we go back say 500 years, the process of cleaning that meat or even 200 years, the process of cleaning that meat is way the fuck less. I think what And now that meat's getting dried over a fire or it's getting smoked or dried and it's getting thrown in a fucking sack and carried around, so you know, the levels of cleanliness or hygiene as we view them today were fucking nowhere near.
1: No, I don't think it's that point, though. The point is, is that we were eating natural food, whatever that was, instead of it being dirty or clean, it was just natural. It wasn't a bunch of fake food. I think we're all struggling with vitamin and mineral def- deficiencies. No matter how, how clean you eat, I mean, unless you're really, really clean eating, I think we're all susceptible to low levels, because of what we're going through. The, all the chemicals in the air, the chemicals in the water, the bullshit food that we end up eating because... Skip the dishes. Yeah, or, yeah every <laughs> once in a while or whatever, right? I mean, even being on the carnivore diet, I, you know, I still ended up well, eating Well, I'll some know stuff. right away
0: because I'm going to get my results for my food test next, this week. And it's supposed to tell me exactly what foods I have to oh, cut out for I've three months. Before. And then the yeah. ones I can get back on once a week and stuff like that. And that should... I feel like that should sort out most of my problems. That really seems like a huge missing Do you know what of type
1: puzzle. of uh, allergy test that was?
0: It was the IgG.
1: Was it? Yeah. Was that the one that they- It's the one Mr. I the Did they send Ileda. it to
0: the States? I don't know where she yeah. sent it. It could just gets sent right back to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, is the States. States to right? There's the a States. lab. I think there's a yep. really good lab. Yep. I think that's
3: where I got mine. And I was like- I don't think we and...
0: have it in Canada yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I
3: IgG, IgE as well. I think they do like three of
0: them. Yeah, there's just 120 three, different yeah. things or something like that.
3: Yeah. I got mine done, like, it was, like, almost 10 years ago, and it was, like, eggs, dairy, wheat, uh, garlic was the worst. All of them were, like, I uh, had a lot of reactivity, to it. But I still eat it all.
0: <laughs> Bug it.
3: Food, food's my, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I do good, sometimes not. But if I do, like, carnivore, which basically is cutting all that out, I just, weight just flies off me. Inflammation goes down, like, you know. But, you know, I'm weak. Really? I I like food, yeah. Oh, you're weak like that? Not
1: from a carnivore diet. You're just weak. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I might try the carnivore diet for a while this summer. It's hunting season now. I got fucking loads of meat.
1: Yeah, but you eat pretty healthy anyways. I mean, I don't know what you're going to end up. You're just going to end up dropping vegetables out of your diet probably and rice. Well, I eat out more than I should.
0: You know, I tend to eat out more than I should. I could cut back on that. Back on the eat note,
1: so you had uh, you had a buddy call you that had COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you you were telling me about this like long COVID clinic that they have opened up now in Alberta, and yeah, and they're recommending.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I guess uh, they didn't give many drugs or anything. They gave him a a breathing exercise. Yeah, and uh, there's funny. a device they gave him, and uh, I just I told him a month ago to buy that. <laughs>
1: What was the device?
3: It's a breathing thing. So I think it it creates pressure you blow into it and it basically trains your lungs. It's like exercise. So basically I saw the study just came out yesterday, a couple of days ago, and it says it lowered blood pressure as good as exercise and drugs. So I sent him the study and then he texts me back. He's with the pictures of the devices I gave him on Friday and he didn't even put the two together. I'm going, that's the thing I told you to buy a month ago. (laughs) And he's like, you just wasted your time going to Edmonton. Could have been doing this for a month.
1: They should give him some videos of Wim Hof, and they should tell people. I to told do him to some do that Wim too Hoff already. Brady, yeah, you know? I, you know,
3: I don't know what he's up to. He's in Hinton. I'm not there. Yeah, yeah.
1: But you helped him get out. You helped him with the, some COVID symptoms and all that. Or?
3: Yeah, I put him on a bunch of things, and he's doing a lot better.
1: That's good. Yeah. No advice though, but you no, know, no, no advice. advice. I mean,
3: <laughs> I sent him some reading material. <laughs> no. Do you do Wim Hof? No, I've tried it. I don't do. I don't do anything for very you know consistently for a long period of time. Be honest. Yeah, he's don't pretty don't do sporadic. He's, pretty I mean, sporadic. he's
1: tried almost everything sporadically. Yeah. yeah. You know? I
0: don't do the Wim Hof either. I probably should. I mean, Brandon tells me I should be doing it every morning. I, yeah. I tried it, like, every morning
3: for a week, and the very first time I tried it, I I noticed I felt good. Like, it was a good feeling. And it was amazing how quickly you're able, like, your breath, the amount of time you're holding, it just keeps, just, it, it's fast. Yes, that fast, yes, right? yes.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I should yeah. do it. I should do
1: it. I know, me too. I, I loved it too when I did yeah. it. It just feels like a lot of work sometimes and it's just so stupid. Like all oh, like it is 10 minutes. breathing. I got no, so much like free time
3: and
0: uh yeah, I don't do it either. You gotta get back on the
1: exercising first. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I was gonna go play hockey the other night and I did it. I can't I just couldn't do it. No? No. Even ball hockey? Yeah. What do you mean, even, ball
0: hockey? Hockey? You're, you're you mean even ball hockey? Ball hockey. You're a world champion ball hockey player. I'm not aware I back never won the oh, Worlds. No, world, no, I
1: was in the worlds. World runner up. <laughs> no, I wasn't even that close. No. No, we got hammered in <laughs> there. So, well, you've been to the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you've met some world class ball, ball hockey players. players.
1: <laughs> I got a couple MVPs in the Nationals, and I actually might have got one in the Worlds. I'm not sure, but. I did. Okay. You'd
0: be sure if you knew.
1: <laughs> You'd be sure. <laughs> I got congratulated a lot So a good game. <laughs> I don't know. I was drinking back then. I might have forgotten. Was there any video of the Prague tournament? Prague tournament? No, I don't think no?
0: so. No. Too bad. Yeah. You said you are going to get back into the exercise. Just checking on you.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate just, it. No, just go I for a, a run, man. Yeah. Just go to your house. Oh, I know, just, I, know, you know. I know. That's, that's the one just, thing no I do excuse. all the time. Do you? Yeah, that's go good. for runs.
3: Yeah, that's I good. live in Kit, so the is right there. Iceland's, oh, Yeah, yeah We don't we have a beach. Time, we have man. a
0: shitty fucking concrete jungle to run around. It's been hot. I'm not much of a runner. I wish I could swim more. I should swim more. I guess I could just go jump off the fucking dock down there and get hit by a boat. <laughs> That'd yeah. be the problem, is you get hit by a fucking boat. I'd like to have a pool one day. Yeah, the pools are all still closed. Actually, no, the pools might be open now, by appointment only.
1: How's it Vancouver doing for that?
0: I don't even know. I mean, I just go to
3: work, I go home, I go for walks on the beach, and I don't really. Yeah, it's busy. I mean, honestly, it was kind of a joke because they opened, they had all the patios open, and when that was going on, but you weren't allowed in the restaurant. So now everybody was on the sidewalks because they had they, every all the restaurants were putting. Outside and everybody's packed on the sidewalks, all going down the street. Right, it's like everything's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense.
3: Yeah,
1: right on. Anything else? That's part of the
0: problem is having the dinner, having the restaurants back. Is I've been um, overcompensating for all the time I haven't been able to go out. Yeah,
3: because
0: I like to eat out. I mean, it's I just like to get out in that environment.
3: I yeah, I don't want to eat at home either. I live in Kits. I just walk out the door. There's a hundred restaurants right there, and I'm just. Going, I I rarely cook ever.
0: <laughs> well, I cook I cook a lot when I have my kids. We'll go out once in a while, but usually when I have my kids, I cook. But then the rest of the time it's just me or just me and the girlfriend, and you know, it seems like a lot to cook for. You mm-hmm. know, just go out. Especially if it's just me, yeah. and especially lunch. Lunches lunches are meant to be out. Yeah, I feel like there's no
3: point in me buying groceries because I just they throw I throw them out. I go in like I buy vegetables and stuff and.
0: <laughs> they quit throwing out I never eat them I don't have the jingle board what do you have a quote or anything
1: no I no I was just thinking we'll just do you know with Mike and well, that'll be our intro you know I didn't prepare a lot of other stuff because I figured we got Mike here
0: I mean you're only huh? podcasting full time we can't expect him to prepare yeah <laughs> I had vision
3: of you just struggling and you know here you are you're just half asleep over there <laughs> <laughs>
0: Grinding it out <laughs> fucking
4: oh, papers all over. <laughs> you get back to
0: work, <laughs> oh, enjoy the chat with Amber and Anthony.
1: anthony owners of awaken your soul which is a holistic iboga retreat in costa rica actually i probably said that wrong iboga iboga how do you say, said,
2: did you say costa rica yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in gabon the indigenous people say iboga
1: iboga right
2: yeah,
1: yeah. i always pronounce things wrong yeah. right at the no. intro so Bro, it's
2: that's my right.
1: it's my nerves or something popping through so yeah, like we were talking about before we started recording, um, I've I've heard of Iboga through the addiction kind of thing. We've talked about addiction and I've, I've been in recovery myself for a while and and uh, I thought it was fascinating what's happening with that, but I haven't really dug too deep into it, like the stuff that you guys are doing at your retreat. So I don't know where you, where would you like to start? Give some context on how you guys started, started this retreat up or where would you like to start? So
5: maybe we, we can give a little bit of context around what Iboga is. Yeah, let's and, do that sort of go from there. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot of people more recently in the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years, maybe a little bit more than that, are becoming a lot more aware of the power of psychedelic medicines or psychedelics as a medicine, as opposed to, you know, a drug or something to use just to have a good time, which is certainly what I did in my younger life in high school, you know, using psychedelics as a, as a party and a way to escape, which is kind of ironic because actually psychedelics take you into the depth of yourself, especially when used in the right context. And so it's not it's not a it's not a departure. It's not a a uh, a party, and um, you know certainly not addictive in any way because it does push you to look at what's happening within you, which can be extremely uncomfortable for probably everyone. Um, so, you know, one of the more well-known psychedelics in turn, or a couple of them in terms of therapeutic reasons would be psilocybin and and ayahuasca. Um, of course there's a lot of other ones, but iboga has been known most historically in the addiction realm also with detox, not only because it does have a tendency to interrupt addictive patterns, but also it interrupts the, opiate receptors, um, for opiate addicts. And it has, you know, a lot of physio- lo- physiological detox benefits with other, um, you know, drugs or pharmaceuticals, some are contraindicated, but specifically with opiates, it blocks the opiate receptor. And if we're curious, Anthony can speak a bit more on that, but in the perspective that we use this medicine and awaken your soul. Um, and by the way, it does hail from West Africa, um, in the equatorial line, primarily from Gabon, um, com- the parts of the Congo and Cameroon. Cameroon. Um, and so the, the Buiti are part of the, the Iboga tradition there. It's a, a, multiple tribes that use Iboga as their teacher. It's the study of life. And so the Buiti are people, Buitists are people that follow Iboga as their their teacher, sort of their North Star, Um, and so they have used it to study life inside of them for centuries, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years, there's no real hard, uh, written data on that. And then the way that we use this medicine and awaken your soul is to study life within us for people from all walks of life, people that are, you know, struggling with addictive behaviors, no one that is detoxing, but struggling with addictive behaviors, Um, and you know, people that have very significant trauma, PTSD, and also just people who are looking to understand themselves on a deeper level and, and up level their life experience. And so, um, it really is applicable to not everyone, because this is not the right medicine for everyone, but I would say anyone in any type of, you know, category in terms of life experience there's no one that it's not excuse me no one that it's not right for in terms of what they're working with um unless they have very severe psychological uh, considerations but yeah Mm -hmm. and again it's not a medicine for everyone uh this is a very very um intense um commitment to make and so you know we don't say oh iboga you know everybody should take iboga that's just not the case but it is it's not really great for a wide range of people so what's you know.
0: the commitment like
5: yeah
2: i'm sorry
0: what's the commitment is it like Bussy,
2: yes like a commitment. couple days yeah.
0: or a week i think like, it's a week is it a week or like was is it the drug it, or is it the, the medicine itself that's a commitment is it like uh you know, like I would look at LSD as being a bit of a commitment. Even psilocybin is a commitment to a lesser extent. You need to have your evening free. Oh, you, you know like that. I can hammer through some DMT on my lunch break. Maybe they say, but your <laughs> afternoon's going to be fucked up, you know, right. while you're sort of reintegrating all of that. So I'm just wondering what the time commitment and the sort of what what is it compared to on a on an intensity level? Yeah. You want
5: to take that one?
2: Um, Yes, I do. Uh, So, sorry about that. Um, Well, first off, let me just rewind a little bit and just comment on what Amber was saying about the medicine being uh, its home growing naturally in in Equatorial Africa and um, the discovery of the medicine was deep in the jungle hundreds of years ago and the buiti are the people that practice with iboga and... As Amber was saying, you know, they use it to, to study life, to connect to nature, to connect to ancestors, to connect to spirits, to get um, information and wisdom through all five senses or six senses, including the, the, the third eye. And you know, they use this medicine to to go within and to understand all of their life, like everything inside of them, and then you know, life around them. And so, you know, they weren't, they're not using it for, you know, opiate addiction. And so they're using it for spiritual growth and um, psychological growth, emotional growth, uh, physical um, healing. And it was around the seventies when uh, Howard Lutzoff discovered the alkaloid of ibogaine and he was um, a heroin addict and he did a self-imposed detox. And from that Moment in the 70s is when ibogaine started spreading a bit, and then recently, in the last you know probably 10-15 years, um, more and more people in the West started becoming aware of it. And so, um, fast forward a little bit to answer your question about the commitment. You know, from my experience, the the commitment starts when the the medicine calls, right? There's like this this calling that happens uh, with these, with with these plants and speaking specifically of a boga, you know, in, in my experience, like the, the medicine called me. And from that moment, it felt like a commitment, you know, because energy was moving. I was starting to become aware of some things that were laying dormant. Um, things started shifting. I was getting excited, but also nervous And I knew I was about to embark on something really profound and really deep and uh, probably going to be a bit uncomfortable because, you know, when we face our darkest demons, so to speak, um, a lot of our blind spots is when um, things can get uncomfortable. And so I think it starts before. And then, of course, um, a person decides to make the commitment if they really follow that call. And sometimes people... Their ego and their fear gets in the way and starts, you know, creating doubt on whether they should come and experience this medicine. Is it going to work? Is it going to be scary? Am I going to come out alive? And all of those things, you know, go through people's mind. Um, and then, you know, some people follow the call. Some people get psyched out and then maybe come a later date or maybe never come. And and then when they decide to come, they're with us for seven nights. Seven nights, eight day. They arrive on day one. They depart on day eight. And there's a ceremony on night two, and uh, another ceremony on night five. Uh, a spiritual shower in the middle, like on day four, and that's a, a cleansing ceremony that we've learned from the indigenous people. And um, and so yeah, it's a really powerful week, and two ceremonies with a boga is plenty. You know, if you look at ayahuasca, for example, a lot of these retreats have you know three and four ceremonies in, in a seven night period there's just no way man with, 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 a boga it's, it's, um, it, it stays with you longer. You know, the, 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 the ceremony is longer than other medicines and the medicine just stays in the body and works you a bit longer. And, um, as well as, you know, when, when you return home, uh, we like to say that you know, 20, 25% of the, the work happens here with us at Awaken Your Soul in Costa Rica. And then the integration is where it's at. I mean, Amber and I are huge advocates of integration. We've been working with plant medicine for 11 years at BOGA, eight years specifically. And we have integration support around us. We have different coaches. We have different healers. That we
5: use for ourselves. For ourselves. As well as recommend for our guests, but specifically for ourselves.
2: Exactly. Um, Because that is a huge commitment. You know, returning home and allowing the medicine to continue to work and start implementing and taking action from the wisdom and the information that you received while you're here and then the information that you're gonna receive, continue to receive because we found out through our own practice and witnessing hundreds of people over the last eight years that that medicine keeps working for months and months after people return home, like it's in the body. Um, I can't say specifically how long it's in there. Some of my friends are, are in the science arena and they say some of the studies will say that the, the medicines in the body for up to six months um and so we are from a
5: physiological perspective yeah. but some of the insights continue coming right sometimes even for years, you can have an experience where you get a downlaw, like, oh that that's what the medicine was teaching me and it just takes some time to be able to really see what's coming up. yeah and so yeah, it is it's a commitment it's a for commitment. sure, but it's yeah. a beautiful commitment. I yeah. mean it's not. You know, it's a stronger medicine in terms of the the lasting effects in the body, you know, that, that we take the medicine, you know, around nine, 10, 10 o'clock at night. And then, you know, well into the next day is when, um, I don't know if you guys can hear this. We've got some crazy uh, grass cutting around. Can yeah, you hear a,
1: little, a little a little bit when it goes around. It's, it should be okay. Yeah.
5: Yeah. It looks like he's, yeah, he's moving away. Let us know if it gets loud. Um, they're, we're preparing for a retreat um, tomorrow. So anyway, yeah, so so taking the medicine at, at nine o'clock and then, you know, people still sometimes feel the effects the following night. It's an arc though. So the intensity of the medicine, you know, is, is usually done within, you know, four to six hours during the ceremony. Obviously it depends for every person, like how much they're taking, etc. But um,
2: maybe, maybe like four to eight hours. The intensity could be and and the intensity. I guess to try to simplify that. Typically, the intensity is coming because somebody's at resistance, right? And when so if you're at resistance, and the medicine's showing you something, sharing something with you that is making you uncomfortable, and you're not ready to ex- fully accept it, this is where it can get. You know, uncomfortable and, and intense. Yeah, um, but of course, we're there throughout the whole evening in the ceremony, and we really could feel the energy. And we, you know, we're checking in on everybody to see how they're doing, and you know, if somebody's having a cathartic process or you know, an intense process, we're able to you know softly uh, hold space for them and just kind of walk them through it. And like, what what are you seeing? What's coming up for you? What's the medicine showing you? And um, typically, it's stuff in the childhood. Uh, trauma, you know sexual abuse, physical abuse, um yeah, some sort of grieving process um, how
0: navigable is the space
2: how how what is it
0: how navigable is the space
2: yeah like how how-
0: how like like it- like psilocybin I find somewhat navigable depending on dosage l s d is you know kind of navigable in the morning. <laughs> Or the next, you know, <laughs> at the tail end of it, the beginning of it is kind of intense, and then yeah. like DMT, there's no navigation. Mm, it's, right, it's right, just, right,
2: right, right, C- zero. Yeah, you're
5: yeah. zero to ten thousand in a heartbeat. Yeah,
0: yeah. Shut yeah. Of a And then, but it, then you're back, and it's gone. And they say it's out of your system within thirty minutes completely. But I right. find even the reintegration period on that was probably closer to two or three months. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. And it makes yeah.
0: it a strange integration period because you don't know what the fuck happened.
2: Right. 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 Yeah. No, it's a really good question. And um, Iboga is very, you can, you can navigate with Iboga and part of this psycho-spiritual journey that we do here in the West that we've learned from the indigenous people. um, They've taught us how to do it is, is myself or Amber working with each individual for a half hour to an hour and a half and guiding them uh, in the process. So like taking them to the, back to their childhood you know, of six months old, one years old, three years old, bringing, even out
5: of the birth canal, even, sometimes. Out, even, out,
2: even uh, out of the birth canal and, and, and bringing him through a process into adulthood. And um, it both is very interactive. So even without us, oftentimes people go and like see their essence, their spirit, their soul, and they're having this interaction with their um, inner being, as well as having this interaction with the, the, the spirit of the medicine. Um, so yeah, Boga is extremely interactive. If you get in there, meaning that if it's not like detoxifying you because there's a detox process, and if you're in the quote unquote spirit world where you're just in that zone, then you literally can say to a Boga, okay, take me to three years old. Boom. Take me to that car accident when I was 20. Boom. Like you can go to these specific places and, and like, sort of like watch a movie. If you're in that realm, it's quite incredible.
5: <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's not of course, always that way, right. but that is the general vibration of how this medicine works. You know, we, we had many people in this retreat that ended a couple of days ago that were in that space. And then some that were all over the place, cause there really was a, a, a very, very, Um, targeted mental, emotional, and physical detoxification going on. It's not only a physical detox, like sometimes it's just purging the mind of everything that's been stored in there and shoved down for many, many, many years, decades even. And so sometimes it can be quite chaotic. And even when we try to guide someone, we're getting some answers, but it's not as, as fluid. That's not to say that next time they take the medicine, it won't be what Anthony described. We just never know. But but typically we find that, you know, at any given point, someone will have a variation of those, you know, two different experiences. Sometimes it's so physical and all you're doing is purging physically, whereas that doesn't necessarily seem like it's as productive, but you can move an enormous amount of energy and create an enormous amount of space just with a physical it purge, you know. I when I went and did my initiation in Gabon, it for me it was nothing but a physical purge, and I ended up actually, it was pregnant at the time, unknowingly. Um, and we have a beautiful, almost two-year-old, extremely healthy, wise, astute, smart daughter who was, in you know, in in my body the sickest I've ever been in my life, and I really had absolutely no idea what transpired on a spiritual level for me, like what I learned, what I received. I had no clue until actually months later. So speaking back again to the level of commitment, I didn't start to really understand what was happening there for me until quite a bit later. And so, you know, thinking, you know, that the physical part was just, oh, it's just a purge. I'm just feeling ill. You know, there's, there's so much more happening that we can't quite put our finger on our logical three-dimensional mind, but that element is just as important as the true connection
1: in the, in the spirit realm. After reading about it on your website, it seems like it's, it's fascinating to me from a, from a cognitive or spiritual perspective, but it seems more like I haven't done ayahuasca. I haven't done any psychedelics for, uh, I don't know, 15 years, probably or something like that, but it's, it seems more cognitive, like more um, of a, therapeutic thing than, than ayahuasca would be. Ayahuasca seems more sort of uh, chaotic and, and intense from what I've learned about it. This seems more like, like mindful or cognitive, which sort of fits in with the witty part where they, they seem to use this in that way, like in a, in a way where they teach themselves to, to rely on experience and their senses instead of like fear and unknown. It seems very, very uh, grounded in this cognitive f- mindful thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, Iboga in the ceremony at times can, can be chaotic. And from what we've learned and experienced, it's like, the medicine just shaking things up and releasing energy, especially the mind, like, you know, all of the programming and conditioning and all of the people that we've seen, all the experience, like, I mean, it's a, it's a computer, the mind. And so the medicine is a mind medicine, central nervous system medicine. And so it really likes to go in there and create chaos to release. That's, that's a a part of it. But to your point, um, yeah, I mean, this medicine, you know, in comparison to ayahuasca ayahuasca feels like it takes you out more and yes can be chaotic and confusing and kind of tricky uh where is a boga it likes to be very clear on teaching us how to recognize who we are and how we think how we feel what are our habitual behaviors what are our patterning what's the program what's the conditioning what's the story what's the belief system and um, yeah, it's really fascinating, and then to your point about the bou you know experiencing life to know life I mean that's a core teaching of this medicine that that you you know reading spirituality in a book, okay, fine, but you're not living it, and in order to have experience it, you know in order to know something, you have to go through the experience, and the medicine will teach that over and over again to go through the experience for you to know what it is that um you know, you've, you've just experienced. And um, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite fascinating how, how a boga works and it is the root of the tree. So to, to, you know um, what you said about being very grounded, it's an extremely grounding medicine that puts you in your body and forces you to be present or teaches you to be present.
1: It seems, yeah, it seems super applicable in a time when we're Distracted by our phones and everything that's going on in the world that may or may not affect us and all these fears may be unfounded or or just from childhood experiences or whatever, just feels like it's very uh applicable to none
0: of the psychedelics want you on your phone. I mean it's super quick. I mean, just try and use your phone when you're on anything. And, And it's like good luck. I can even just be on two grams of mushrooms and I pick up this thing, and I literally if you sent me a text, I can't read it. I could. I could, if no, I, but I got to like, okay, wait a second. I got to collect this whole yeah. thing. We've got to focus it in because it, it's, it's so impossible dark. to read. I mean, it's just uh, – it makes me wonder because in the West we kind of do this. I mean, you guys can probably speak to it a little more, but I'm not doing DMT, you know, more than once a year if that. And the mushrooms are very spread out as well. But these indigenous people are doing these ceremonies, you know, annually, biannually, quarterly, you know, however they're doing it, but they've got this level of of saturation maybe that, that, um, that makes me wonder if, so if you're doing this ritual a few times a year, are you like, it's got to keep your headspace in a different space from just like that same mindfulness perspective. You're always there. You're not kind of, you know, it's always, it's never far away. Right. It's part right. of a lifestyle as opposed to an event.
2: Yes. Yeah. In, I mean, in Gabon, in Gabon, you know, they go through initiations, right, where, where they take a large amount of a boga, right? And there's typically like five levels of initiation in these traditions. And if they're not doing an initiation, which, if, let's say, they did five in their entire life, um, they're taking small amounts of the medicine in in different types of ceremonies so they have many many different types of ceremonies. if somebody dies they have a you know a ceremony for that if they need protection they have a ceremony for that if they're looking to connect to the ancestors they have a ceremony for that they have welcome ceremonies when we arrive and I noticed that, you know, it was like my third shift, and I noticed I'm like, man, these guys are not even, I mean, they're dancing, there's fire going everywhere, they're sweating, they're hammering the drums, they're singing, they're playing instruments. I'm like, how are they doing this on large amounts of medicine? Well, they're not. <laughs> they're not taking large amounts of medicine. They're taking small amounts, similar to what we do in in the ceremonies. We take small amounts to connect and of course to be stimulated to stay up all night with with our with our gas. Yeah. Got, yeah. That's- but, but-
5: let me speak yeah. to that as well. That that one thing to be very mindful of in in the realm of using psychedelics as um, you know as a medicine and as a way to learn more about ourselves and to support our overall life experience is that it is not a crutch. It is not something that should be. They are not things that should be used as an answer to our problems. Right? Like you know, I think there's a lot of um, misuse going on out there in the surge in psychedelics is that you know you go into ceremony once a week or you know we lived in an ayahuasca community in you know 2010 2011 and you know the mentality was like oh the more you drink the better and I just never really felt that way and the more I grow along this path and the more um, you know we work with people and work with ourselves is is that that the whole point. Is integrating what you're learning. The point is not the actual ceremony, and and of course there is you know a lot of the information comes in during the ceremony with iboga and and ayahuasca that you know it, it continues, but especially with iboga, there the the wisdom continues to come as we go home and back into our lives and get confronted with our relationship with our mother, for example, or our, our relationship with alcohol, or you know just seeing things in a different light, but really Where the the work comes in is how you integrate the teachings into your everyday. And so continuing to rely on these medicines to heal you and fix you and do the work for you is, is not only does it not work, but it's also incredibly irreverent to the medicines. So, you know, as practitioners here, you know lately, I mean, I would say you know we're overall I mean of course you know I, I've been pregnant and you know having a small person for the last almost three years, I've probably done four four or five ceremonies specifically for myself um you know in addition to the you know micro macro doses that we take during the ceremony um. So, you know, we have some guests that come, they'll experience a week, completely transformational. And then we won't see them again for a couple of years. We've had some that have come back, you know, three times in a year and a half or so. And so, you know, they go home, they implement the teachings, they integrate, and then they come back to up level. Some people never do it again. Um, but it's it's really, really important to know that this is not, it's not a crutch, and it does not do the work for you. It absolutely you know, helps to repair the central nervous system. It works on the neurotransmitters. It sweeps the corners away. Like you'll find that some behaviors just don't show up anymore. And then there's some, that, there's a lot of heavy lifting to do. I mean, the medicine can show us something but we actually have to do the work. We have to choose to behave differently. And if we're always like, oh, my life is chaotic. I have to go do more medicine. You're missing the point, Right. so. You know, in terms of the Buiti, um, you know, they also have jobs and lives in the city as well. They're, you know, probably not just sitting around in the temple all day, every day eating medicine. I mean, I'm sure there's certain times in their lives when they're taking more than others, but but they also just operate as, quote, normal human beings. You know, and the beautiful thing about this medicine is that you don't need to take it a lot. Yeah. To, you can't really
0: yeah.
5: um, to get you know, the, the maximum benefits. And it's one of the reasons it's so, so laughable that it's a schedule one narcotic in the United States, because, you know, that, that says that it is highly addictive, which I, I challenge anyone to take this medicine and have the desire to like, really take, you know, like that kind of insatiable desire to take it. You might want to take it again to learn, but you're not doing it. Cause like, Oh, that was a great time. And it can be really fun as well. It can be very blissful. It can be very loving and, you know, it can be very, um, euphoric, but the overarching theme is to look at your shit. So that's not something that people are like, Oh yes, I want to go do that again. You know, tomorrow Um, it has no medical benefit, which is a complete and total untruth and that it's highly dangerous. And so, you know, it's just not something that belongs in that category on, on, you know, many levels, but
1: do people come to physical heal as well? Is there physical healing that can
2: Yes. We have somebody coming on Monday that has ALS. He's my age, you know, 45. Um, we haven't met him yet. Um, we've been talking with him and I'm really fascinated to see how, how that uh, works for him. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
5: We, we have people come uh, with, I'm uh, sorry,
2: you know, Candida, uh, Lyme disease, Parkinson's Parkinson's. tumors,
5: cancer.
2: Yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, if, You know, we are strong believers that our biography becomes our biology so that, um, you know, the issues are in your tissues, as one of my girlfriends loves to say. So that, you know, the story of our lives is what creates the dis-ease within our physical body because our trauma and our stress is unaddressed. And so we have seen people have a massive, massive turnaround in terms of whatever their physical ailments are when they address the root cause, which is, as far as I'm concerned, 10 times out of 10, I mean, I'm obviously not a doctor or a scientist, and, you know, I'm certainly not giving anybody medical advice, but that, um, you know, when we can get to the root, and the medicine will tell us the root, if we're unsure what has caused something, it will tell us. And once we begin to work on those elements of our our past, our emotional um disease, then then that physical disease starts to heal. And one of our facilitators actually very specifically in a guided journey with me discovered that she had tumors in her ovaries. Wow. Her womb. Yeah. And did nothing to heal it conventionally, just worked with the medicine, worked with affirmations, worked on changing her diet. Um and the slowly the tumors actually moved outside and by the time she got a second ultrasound, they were, they were very, very small and they were outside of her womb. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely possible to receive some really massive physical healing from this medicine.
1: And yeah. it's a, it's a root, right? It's yes. a root that gets you to the root.
5: But, yes. Yeah, exactly. bussy basi yeah. is... Truth and bwiti It's like a hell yeah.
2: B B A S S E. Um, you know, speaking of, of of physical, it just made me think that I, I've just connected with a um, a research company, a data company that is now uh, working in the in the psychedelic arena, and they connected with us because they want to um, you know follow us and fo- follow our guests, and I think that that's amazing. There's going to be more and more of that. And, you know, we're getting um, we're probably going to get one hundred and sixty people through here. And that's a you know, good amount of people, you know, for, you know, to um, accumulate data on. You know, how are they doing before? How did they do here? And then what is the integration process? And especially somebody with ALS, somebody with Lyme, somebody with candida somebody with really severe trauma like i mean this is really valuable information to get out to the masses to really prove that that these medicines work yeah um what's so what's
1: what's the difference between what you guys do for somebody that's not in active addiction, but is maybe had like a little bit of clean time, but wants to address their addiction and, and the the places in say Mexico that have a a detox from addiction as part of their program, like, or is that something that you guys will do in the future or how, how, what's the difference there between um, those phases of addiction and how you help people?
2: Yeah. So, so first of all, the, the clinics, that are de- physically detoxing people like Mexico, yeah. Portugal. Yeah. Right. Those clinics, they're using Ibogaine, which Ibogaine is the prominent alkaloid in the full natural boga wood, the bark, right? So one of those alkaloids is Ibogaine. And I think it makes up like 30 to 40% of the alkaloids. And then there's another 10, 12, or 13, some are saying more, right? Other uh, healing alkaloids, heal, healing properties. And so in the clinics, they're just using this isolated alkaloid because that specific one uh, gives a, a physical scrub as well as blocks the opiate receptors in the brain. And they're also, I, I feel, I haven't visited them, but they're using this because they don't have a relationship with the full root in my training 8 years ago we were i was at a facility where we were detoxing people from from opiates from from kratom kratom um, methamphetamine, cocaine, and, and we were using the full natural route and it, and it was working. So I, I witnessed it. And, and the, and the people that were there, like myself, we, we have relationships with it. So not only were we detoxing them, but we were on the other side with them in the a psychospiritual realm or a cognitive realm to be able to really walk them through what they just went through and what they're struggling with. Um,
5: not, but speak to the sustainability and the the ability to synthesize.
2: Yeah, ibogaine. right. So so, I, I I'm an advocate. I I think the the clinics that are, that are using ibogaine and and they have their uh, heart in the right place and their intentions in the right place. I'm I'm all for it. Um, the ones that don't, obviously, I'm not for that. And I think I think that for the sustainability of boga, if you could use ibogaine or there's another root called volcanga. Um, and then there's, there's uh, laboratories t- trying to um, synthesize it and, and mimic the ibogaine alkaloid. If they can do that and take uh, less pressure off the sustainability of the, the wood, yes. And, I, and I, th- that's the way we have to go because there's just not enough medicine to be able to treat all of the to uh, handle the
5: opiate crisis <laughs> <they just don't.
2: laughs>
1: yeah exactly there'll never be <laughs> enough for that uh, you know,
5: we're in trouble and so the right. more people catch on the, the more the sustainability is going to become an issue
2: yeah we're i mean there's a beautiful organization blessings of the forest in gabon a gentleman by the name of Jan started it and we're helping to support them we're trying to find other ways to, to raise money um because they're growing as much Eboga as they can they are going into villages and getting them jobs to to, to grow the medicine and uh, yeah we we want to be able to take care of uh, the indigenous people as much as we can and and take care of the sustainability of the medicine as, as much as we can and so here we're, we're we do work with people that have struggled with addiction but they've already been detoxed yeah and it just depends it, you know I, I'm open to taking somebody you know five six weeks. After their Ibogaine detox, it just depends on where they are, how, what part of their journey are they in? Are they just looking at themselves for the first time? Because if that's the case, maybe I want to wake a little bit longer, hook them up with a, a preparation coach and integration coach, and then get them here. Um, because we you know we have the ability to, to work with people with addiction i've I've struggled you know a lot in my life with, with addiction and and so we have the ability to do it We just want to make sure when people come here that they are not in any type of withdrawal or they're not completely on the edge right we you know we, we want to be mindful that we we'll work with people that are really ready for this experience. Mm-hmm.
5: So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll jump in here and just speak to how we work with people that that are working with, um, compulsive behaviors. You know, I, I really, I like to move away from this, um, stigma of addiction because it it has such a negative context in our culture that once an addict, always an addict and that, um, there's really not a whole lot of way to break out of that box. So, um, you know, one of the ways that we approach the addiction is really helping people understand, um, that, their addiction served a really, really vital purpose in their lives. You know, it's a it was a survival coping mechanism that's brilliant, actually. And uh Dr. Gabor Mate speaks about this. He's one of the, you know, the, the the front runners in the world of realm of addiction. He's a physician um of Hungarian descent, but you know, spent a good portion of his career in Canada working on the working in the east side of Vancouver, working with very, very hardcore addicts and He speaks a lot to addiction now in his books and um, really just all over the world. He actually just had a a, a movie come out called The Wisdom of Trauma that is out, um, available for download right now on the internet that I think until the end of today or no, the end of Sunday, tomorrow. Yeah, Um, you know, and he speaks about the addiction being such an incredible coping mechanism and such an incredible tool to save your life, right? People are looking for a way to feel better in in response to the lack of love and and connection and attachment that they received as little people. And um, you know, one of the most brilliant um, moments in this film is seeing, I don't know, maybe a hundred prison mates, inmates standing in this circle outside and there's someone in the center saying, you know, if you received, you know, uh, physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, step forward and they would take one step forward. If you received, um, you know, if you never knew where your next meal was coming from or you never knew who was going to take care of you, step forward. And so you see everyone in the circle ha- has this type of foundation in their lives, you know, and these are, you know, these are very serious um, you know, addictions, traumas, you know, they're perpetrating crimes. And of course there's many variances of that, you know, speaking to yourself or, you know, Anthony, or, you know, even just myself who has, you know, some behavior like control issues, which could be considered an addiction, right? I mean, addiction is, you know, it's got, it's got a very wide um, scope. And so helping people understand that their addiction was actually a magical approach to, to survival. And a lot of people would actually probably not be sitting here today if they had not discovered that way to fill the holes in their lives, the holes in their heart um, for not having the type of love and attachment that they had when they were young, that they, that they desperately needed from their caregivers, caregivers who didn't know any better themselves that of course are carrying their own trauma. I mean, it goes down the family line, you know, and this stuff they, they talk about it being inherited it's inherited through behaviors. It's inherited in the cells of the body, you know, what comes up in, in the great depression and from, you know, the response to the Holocaust, like that is still getting passed down because the behaviors and the feelings and the trauma is still within people. So they can't behave in a different way because they don't know a different way. And so helping people understand where they're, why they became addicted what they were trying to fulfill, what they were running away from, what they needed. And then also that they have the foundation to like really look within themselves. Like, you know, the, the name of this movie is the wisdom of trauma. You know, I'm of the belief, we are of the belief that the trauma that we are impacted by is such a powerful, powerful springboard for self-inquiry. And I wouldn't take away any of my trauma to not know what I feel like I know today and know in the sense of like, just a deep knowing within me. I don't really know jack shit. I'm, you know, 44 years old and I'm always astounded by how little I know, but I feel like the the more I know, the little, the less I know, if that makes any oh, sense. yeah, so hundred percent.
1: That's yeah. it. That's how I feel here. hundred yeah. percent. The more I learn, yeah. the less I know. It's crazy. Exactly.
5: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I think with the important thing to know is who we are on, you know, from within. And that's really what I think addiction is calling for. It's screaming to us to find our own peace and equanimity from within us, because God knows the outside world is totally chaotic. And oftentimes we don't get the time of type of nurturing that we need from our families. And so it's our responsibility to find that from within ourselves. And I think addiction is, is calling for that. I think it's a big red flag and, um, you know, I I can't tell you how many times we are able to see people connect to the power of the wisdom of their addiction and the beauty of their own spirit and knowing that all of it was completely perfect. And that's what Iboga wants to do is to teach us uh, how wonderful we are and how important that self-love is and how we can really trust the essence of this whole life process because it all has its purpose. So just circling back to the original question of how do we work with people, you know, in, in addictive behaviors or that are looking to heal from that, we show them their light. We help them see their light. You know, the medicine does it like we're not the healers. We're not responsible, but, but we help to support them to open that doorway so the medicine can get in and and really just exemplify their own inner beauty.
0: So speaking of intergenerational trauma, have you ever gone back further than the womb? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
5: I mean, we've had people that come, you know, knowing how deeply their ancestral line is traumatized. And they, you know, one woman in particular that I use as an example a lot, because she was such a classic, um, you know, such a classic thing to witness. She was, you know, coming from. Uh, the line of Genghis Khan, and just had—I mean, even all of the f- the women in her family had the same physical ailment. I don't remember what it was, um, but you know, her mother had it, her grandmother had it, her aunts had it, and she spent both of the ceremonies go- going back into her ancestral line and cleaning, 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 and she had a very, very, very volatile relationship with her mother. And her mother was was actually seemingly like some borderline personality disorder or something. Um, and ever since this woman left and returned home, and her what her mother was actually like her business partner. She has not had a single issue with her mother. Like her mother has completely shifted. It's
2: incredible. Just by
5: her cleaning. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. great example. Yeah.
5: Yeah. It's really it's and it and it happens over and over and over again, where people, you know, are, are clearing what, you know, what they were handed from their, their parents, but then also knowing what their parents' pain was. And then the whole family starts to shift. I mean, it's, you know, it's not a magic pill. It's not going to clear and clean everything, but it, but it absolutely makes an impact for sure.
1: Do you have any more questions on that, Van Darren? Or what about the actual uh, process of like? You, do you? I think you guys use music and and uh, traditional music and and the process of like? Is it a? Do you drink it? Is it similar to ayahuasca in that way that how it's sort of mixed and prepared?
2: It's so um, like a little use, bit more about
1: the ceremony.
2: Yeah, yeah, we we use the natural bark, so I, I we get it from the indigenous people in like wood chips. And so then I I put it in a coffee grinder and grind it up. And and so we give uh, spoonfuls of that, one, two, three, whatever people's tolerance uh, is. And then I also um, do a very mild extraction um, to extract the alkaloids out of the bark by using vinegar, that's it. And I go through this extraction process and then dry everything out, get all the alkaloids out of the bark, and then I put that into a pill form, and we call that the the TA, the total alkaloid. And so we have that in the tool belt as well. So that sounds you know,
0: super similar to the DMT making
2: process. Yeah, pro- yeah, I don't know much about the DMT process, but yeah, it's just. Well, it's just we finished. just
0: take that same root, boil it down in that water, and then some people drink the water and have the ayahuasca experience, or you dry it out and then you end up with the white powder.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So those are the two ways that we administer. We don't make a tea just because I think you might waste a bit. I mean, we, I've drank the tea in Gabon, but it seems like I got to make a lot, use a lot of root bark and I don't want to do that because obviously it's very sacred and um, hard to get, hard to get, very, <laughs> very down. hard to get. And so those are the two ways that we administer it and people, you know, everybody's tolerance is different. I mean, somebody could take one dose and that's it. And somebody could take, you know, six, seven. Um, yeah, well, I mean, just every, yeah, everybody's different. And then sometimes you get people that just use, you, you could really lean into them because they come really open. They've done a lot of work on themselves. They've worked with other psychedelics and they're just like, I want to go as deep as I can. And if me and Amber as practitioners, we feel very safe with someone like that, then we could really lean into them because we're not, I'm not afraid to give somebody, you know, a good amount of medicine if that's what they need or if that's what they want. And so, yes, we start around a fire, which is right outside the temple. We light the fire. We're in, you know, sitting in chairs. Um, we open the ceremony space. We bless the space. We protect the space, um, give thanks to the medicine and, you know, the nature and, um, you know, everything that we have here. And um, and then we start administering the medicine. Then we share some teachings and wisdom of the tradition, Uh, some teachings of of course of the medicine and the whole time we have the traditional music going on in in the background. And at some point people are going to start feeling the medicine after I come around and give them a second dose. And then the temple area has mattresses already laid out. People already have their beds at the beginning of the, the ceremony before the fire. And they spend the rest of the evening here on the mattress with the blindfold on, going within and and the music is going we have shakers we have you know uh water buffalo horns different instruments and dancing and fire and yeah it's pretty wild yeah
5: and the, the music fun. is is um some of it is live recorded in the village by a good friend of ours some of it is from other villages that is just circulating around the community um it, you know, like in, in a lot of ayahuasca circles, people are playing live music. And, you know, unless you have a Bwiti band, their, their instruments are incredibly difficult to play. And we're, we're not quite at that, <laughs> that caliber yet. Um, but it is a very interactive ceremony. And the recordings are really amazing. Iboga has a, a, um, a very um, strong influence on the auditory Senses and so the quality with the quality of the speaker and the quality of the technology of the music. The music has a very clear technology around how it works with the brain. It scrubs the brain. It loosens the vibration. is very unique. So it's loosening things within you. It also helps to keep your heart rate stable, which um, Evoga can be difficult or not strenuous on the heart. If you if you have no heart problems, it's absolutely ten thousand percent safe. But people that have heart issues, it's not it's definitely contraindicated to work with Iboga, but the tempo of the the music helps to keep the heart rate steady. It has a very specific wisdom within the context of the ceremony, but you know, we're just not, we're not there yet to play, play the Magongo, which is a mouth bow. It's a very um, unique instrument and extremely hard to play, yeah. but, um, but the, you know, the, our recordings are awesome and we have a great speaker.
2: Yeah, we have a great speaker. We have other you know sounds that that we use, like the their shakers and rattles and stuff, and like the horn I mentioned. And everyone that you know comes here and experiences the ceremony, they they feel and maybe see at times like the Gabonese tribe, the Bwiti people, hear and they think the music is live. Yeah, I <laughs> can, think I can imagine that. It's pretty yeah. Do you
1: want yeah. to talk and, a little bit more about your about the location and your and your retreat, the actual space yeah. there?
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, we are about an hour and 15 minutes west of San Jose in Costa Rica and we're in the mountains. So um, yeah, jungle mountains. It's actually a beautiful property that was um, purchased by a Spanish family about 25 years ago. And they reforested the whole thing. It's a bird sanctuary. I mean, it's really one of the most incredible spaces. Um, The land itself has its own medicine, its own vibration. We have a huge, natural fed acre size swimming pool that comes from the two stream, well, one of two of the four streams on the property. We have five houses and two casitas, which are, you know, individual standing rooms with uh, bathrooms. And, you know, our common area is in one of the um, kitchens and, and terraces of the main house. And yeah, we live right on property here right in the, next in the, door. In the yeah. midst of it. And it's 13
2: um, bedrooms, nine bath. We, me, Luna and Amber occupy two bedrooms and, and one bath. And it, this place, we've been to a lot of retreats in Costa Rica and um, in the world, really th- love yeah, th- this place. And not because we, we rented and we're here, but, but truly because it's, it's 90 acres, it's big And it's in the middle of the jungle and mountains. There's absolutely no distraction. The nearest beach is an hour away. The nearest town is 20 minutes away. So it really forces people. This is a retreat environment. Like we were looking all over the coast, you know, a few years ago, trying to turn somebody's, you know, vacation home into a retreat and it wasn't working. And so this environment is like the medicine just loves the vibration here. And it really forces people to walk around barefoot, be in nature, be with themselves. And, um, yeah, that, like you put the phones down and really, you know, immerse yourself into this retreat experience.
1: Oh, yeah. I was watching a couple of your videos and I could not believe the birds in the background. Yeah. I mean, it was, it felt like you're in the middle of a beautiful, you know, forest jungle environment. I mean,
5: yeah, it's the, it's the 5am wake up call, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we have found After being in this property, I mean, we did quite a bit of work with Iboga before finding this space. That people, people's recovery is is exponentially faster being in the this vibration. And so, you know, that's one thing that is important to note. I think is that this medicine really wants to return us back to nature. You know, as does ayahuasca, DMT. You know, the Bufa, like the whole concept of these medicines. Is to return us back to the state that we've been so disconnected from. You know, with the you know we're talking about the phones and technology and the you know the the trauma and you know that we receive as young people is separating us from that wholeness. And you know how many people haven't put their feet in the grass in so long? You know, they're living in a concrete jungle. They don't even understand the connection to nature. And so, being in this um, container really is such a powerful part of the process. And, you know, some people are able to heal their pain and trauma just by spending time in nature. And and that's the whole idea of the plant is like to put the plant in you so that it can help move you back to that natural state. And some people, you know, can do that for themselves. You know, they go on a walkabout in the woods for six months. The whole point is to be in that space with the vibration, you know, we are nature, you know, we're not separate and we have separated ourselves you know, year by year by year as as technology advances, we're, we're that much more, you know, we're connected to people all over the world, but we're that much more disconnected from our environments. And so being here in this space. Yeah. And so Anthony was just was mentioning fun. the holistic process. And at this point we can probably close unless you guys have any other questions. Yeah. But-
1: I, I just have one, maybe before you get into that, I just have one question about sort of the, uh, the message. Did the Bwiti get messages from the, you know how you hear the ayahuasca thing where the, the plants told them what to do and how to make the ayahuasca. And, and then there's the archetype of the, you know, the, the dragon or the mother ayahuasca. Is there a, a, a similar type thing with, with a bolga?
5: So let's see. I mean, a a lot of people, Iboga is known by at least the Masoko Buiti to have a very masculine energy. And, you know, my take after, you know, working with this medicine, as long as I have, is that it is kind of the blend of both the masculine and feminine, um, but, but in a very grounded, you know, clear, direct way, which ayahuasca is a very feminine vibration And she's a beautiful medicine and she can also be very chaotic. You know how women communicate, but they're not communicating. Oh, I don't need flowers. But when you don't buy flowers, they're kind of pissed off. You know, like there's, there's like, uh, (laughs) I can say that because I've probably done that in my life, but there's, there's a little bit less clarity and and Iboga works in a very clear, direct way. So a lot of people receive the medicine like Iboga as a, you know, and, and, you know, more um, ancient you know, male spirit. Sometimes people see like dreadlocks and crooked teeth. I've never experienced the medicine that way, but that they get this very clear um, archetype of like the, the old wise healer.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah. Um, the, 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 the Buiti, all of their messages are coming from the medicine. So when the medicine was discovered from the discovery of the medicine, the tradition was created, the instruments were created the dance was created the, you know, using the fire so everything that they do is coming direct from the source of the medicine yes but, awesome.
5: but you know one of the things he was asking yeah. was you know like ayahuasca you know one of the like the snake is a very yeah. important yeah. is there yeah. is there any symbolism or imagery mm. i i can't say yeah. that i know yeah. The, yeah. i don't have an answer to that my answer well you no.
1: i think your answer was good yeah. i mean you're Your answer was, I think it was was good. And I think I heard you talk about that in your, in one of your videos, or I think I heard you on a podcast where you're talking about the, the masculine energy of it. So that, that kind of makes sense, you know? And, and, and I I love how the whole thing, like it just seems like the whole Bwiti thing is in line with what, like their tradition and their philosophy seems very in line with how that medicine helps you guys in your, in your healing retreat. I mean, and helps people it's, it's, it's quite fascinating reading all the stuff on your website about it it's very it seems very logically spiritual and mindful like it just feels very cognitively logical to me i don't know that would be the masculine
0: right the masculine yeah the masculine is the order to the chaos that is the feminine and that doesn't make either of them better because too much order leads to authoritarianism and too much chaos leads to that's why you need both Yes. It'd be interesting to do both at the same time and see where you are. at. <laughs> yeah.
5: I mean, they're both actually a really wonderful compliment to they one are. another. Not at the same time, but but you know, my experience with ayahuasca for many years was was chaotic. I'm an empath, and so I would collect everybody's energy. It was hard to discern what was going on. And then after I started working with Iboga more and more, now my experience with ayahuasca is much more grounded and, and navigable back to your point, you know, earlier. So um I think they're wonderful. Um, in tandem, you know, at, at different points, you know, we highly recommend people to have a good, strong integration in between any plant or any medicine that they're working with, including, you know, LSD or, or, you know, bufosilocybin is, is to really allow the spirit and the wisdom of whatever you're receiving to settle before you go work with another, Um, you know, because again, it's not about, it's more, is not always better, right. Or more, more like frequency is not always better. Sometimes the, the, you know, the inter always, I think the integration is, is the most important. Please. Wow.
1: This has been, yeah, this has been fantastic. Do you want to, do you want to wrap it up with the holistic part and then how people can, you know, get in touch with you? And, and I mean, I I like how you do smaller groups. So it's sort of an intimate, it's not a huge, you know, massive scene of 20 people. It's, it's very intimate. Yes. Yeah. I
5: mean, there's some, there's some centers that are, you know, working with upwards of 90 people, you know, one of our, teachers, yeah, right. Sorry. Ayahuasca, one of our teachers in, in Peru, who's recently passed away, you know, he was serving sometimes 90 to a hundred people at a time on occasion. And yeah, we work with no more than 12 people and that's our max, max capacity. Um, often it's more like between Nine eight and, and 11. Yeah. Um, which does make it intimate. You know, we're able to have that individual journey with everyone. We, we meet with everybody individually. Um, And yeah, we, we have, you know, uh, the, the whole experience is very intimate. We're very, very hands-on during the retreat to support people. Um, We have an incredible menu, supportive, primarily plant-based. It's not a hundred percent plant-based, but very, very, holistically minded food that's, you know, comes from an organic farm. I have a background in, um, the culinary realm. I was a holistic, well, I was a chef for almost 25 years, a holistically minded chef for, I don't know, 11, 12 years. And, you know, we, we offer yoga breath work, Reiki. Um, we have an incredible massage therapist that does all different types of She's treatments. An yeah. So it's really a very well-rounded, uh, Experience and the idea really is to open people's minds to how supportive all of these elements can be to our personal path. You know, I know that you um, have done you know a lot of different shamanic like breath work and um, sound work. You know, all of that stuff, meditation. You know, it's not just plant medicine. There's so many different tools that we can use, and you know, we like to offer as much of that as possible. Art therapy um you know and the idea is not to oversaturate people with a schedule but to make all of these different modalities available so that they can really connect mind body and soul and understand how great they feel when they leave you know we just had two gentlemen here this last week who were both working with addiction and had not ever really done a whole lot to take care of themselves and you know eating fast food for every single meal smoking cigarettes drinking alcohol And came here, and by the end of the week, they were like, "I just can't believe how great I feel." You know, medicine, of course, but then just the whole process. And so, the idea too is just to open people's minds to to take better care of themselves, really. And that's not to say you can't treat yourself. It's not to say don't eat meat or you know don't have a you know don't eat ice cream or don't you know watch media. Like, but the idea is to really um, be mindful of what you ingest, both you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, the world is chaotic and life is busy and it's important to really take times time to nurture our, our mind and our bodies and our soul.
0: Totally. What's the website? If people want to look into it,
5: Awakenyoursoul.co Dot C no word.com. That's yeah. .co, That's c o That's <laughs> c o Awaken Dot C O.
0: Right
5: You're happy to have a conversation with, with anyone, you know, if, if this is something, usually you get the call, not not usually, always, you get the call to Iboga, but like, there's no selling this medicine. It's not like, oh, you should really do it. Like people know when it's time. And if you are interested, chances are you're getting the call and it might not happen for 10 years. It might happen next week. You know, some people come immediately after discovering it. Some people, it takes them a long time, but we are totally willing to have uh, conversations with people and you know we have a good amount of content, a good amount of testimonials, which are really helpful for people, and also videos of just Anthony and I explaining about this process and um yeah, we're happy to support.
0: It's really well, Graham's <laughs> full time now. Maybe we'll send them down. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll ship them I, I, down I, for a week.
1: It might be calling <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah.
2: It might be. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Yeah, we'll ship is- them
0: down. It'll be C O D yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> i'll ship them cod they'll come yeah. in a big box
1: yeah, yeah this yeah. has been uh this has been a great chat it's very fascinating and we'll link to everything in the show notes and uh yeah thanks so much for your time and good luck having the good luck this year in, in costa rica thank awesome. you guys thanks appreciate
2: you guys it, man. for all
5: you do as well Get spread Take- spread the word of everything you know that we all we all need deeper dives into you know these realms and um yeah, thank you guys yeah. for creating the platform. Really appreciate it. Thanks,
0: thanks. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Thanks for Bye. coming on the show. Yeah. Bye. And that was a chat With uh,
1: Amber and Anthony. And what'd you think? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was very are you good. you are gonna go down. I, it. I like it. We'll oh, ship you down yeah, to your yeah. bogoland. I'm. Yeah, I would. I don't know. I mean, it's been. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking that during the the thing. I couldn't it go. Would be. It One would be day I'd go
0: probably, but I'm not there right now.
1: What do you mean? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I've done plenty of psychedelics yeah. over the last few years. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like uh I'm on a gap right now, if anything. I'm yeah, you're on a, you are a gap, gap, yeah. gap. Yeah. Yeah, but like she said,
1: I mean it's it's good that you know you're not mixing and matching. But man, man, they will ship you down. And and... You can do a show from down there. Yeah. I oh, don't know. It's uh, I mean it just looks like a beautiful place. Oh my god. You Maria. And the and the, yeah, you know, I know I thought about that too. I was like, well, it's been thirteen years, uh you know, and i'm I'm not adverse to to learning more, but i mean i I feel like for the last while i've been I just don't want to dabble in anything like mushrooms or psychedelics or whatever, but i mean i'm not I'm not adverse to it, I mean if it helps people and they're starting to crack open that journey, box, you' starting then. to crack open Pandora's box,
0: well, yeah, I mean why you know that's no, bound to happen, yeah, it's bound to happen. I mean you just had a bigger rebound than me. But it seems like your experience A bigger rebound? What do you mean? A longer rebound.
1: A rebound from... from
0: getting clean. You know, it's like yours is more intense than mine. Yours is much more like you went to a place and st- all that stuff, right?
1: Oh fuck, I was 3 months in rehab. Yeah,
0: whereas no, I, I, I just kind this, of quit yeah, drinking and stuff. Yeah, I was able to yeah. do stuff that way which Probably lends it to me being less of a traumatic fucking yeah. experience getting clean so yeah. to, to go on these other things yeah. doesn't seem like, oh my God, what if I'm stuck on it?
1: Yeah, and it's not so much for that. It's like it's like why, to me, it's not about, I don't think I'd be stuck on it necessarily. But I mean, then Graham Hancock went like, what, 70 something times to do that? <laughs> I mean, after he quit smoking weed, I'm like, wow, I don't want to end up in that. So I gotta oh, go, go back, down go back to again, I gotta go back again. I'm just living down here now. So there is that there is that but I, I don't think it's that it's just it's just why why mess with a good thing like I'm happy with life I'm happy with what's happening spiritually and and uh emotionally for me for the most part you know like things the are going part. I mean the, things are <laughs> going. well there's always work to be done but I mean so to me it's like why why mess with what's what's working right if it's not broken don't fix it I mean I've got enough growth happening if I want it so but I also think it would be it would be good.
0: It would be fun. to see where you end up. Big thanks to Amber and Anthony for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're one of the one in a hundred that decide to support our work over here. If you want to join those ranks, head over to gramerica.ca slash support today. Sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation or sign up for the Patreon or buy a shirt over at gramerica.ca slash swag. Check out our other show, gramericaoutlaw.ca or sign up for our Rockfin just something to support the stuff over here so we can keep going. We just churned past 500. Now we're on to the next 500. Uh, and if it's adding some value to your existence, maybe you could add some value to our existence over at crimeerica.ca slash support. Check out all the stuff in the show notes. There's a bunch of ways you can help the show that don't cost you anything and do help us over here as well. Uh, other than that, we love you, motherfuckers. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
4: Teach me all your secrets to get a good handle on a better way to live. How does one get out of bed every day in the throes of the apocalypse? Should I bury my head in the sand or sabotage their evil plan? I feel really trapped, an ant burned by a magnifying glass. All a little bit too convenient All the evidence went up in flames If these frauds or scammers Belong in the slammer My friend best give up their names Should I call on militiamen Or pass out a petition pen I feel really trapped An ant burned by a magnifying glass I don't know what y'all been told, but I got a soul made out of gold. Sound off, one, two, sound off, three, four, cadence count, one, two, a big ball! Some time ago, a crazy dream came to me. I dreamt I was walking into World War III. That's prophetic! Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down, a river dark. As prophetic, as deja vu, as wormwood, as fallen stars above. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down, a river dark. Here my own thoughts for the life of me Over the din of a bruised and broken culture The media spins and splatters and spins and clatters And I cringe because it's psychological warfare Don't you feel yourself getting really mad? How did we let it get this bad? Don't you feel really trapped? Like a brain in a vat to close Pandora's box but sirens are singing me off a cliff I'm looking to hitchhike to Shangri-La over yonder Sophia, would you give me a lift? Hopped out of the Hegelian Rebellion Say goodbye to all you Machiavellians Let evil destroy itself I'm bound for Shangri-La 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 If I could be in yours, I'll let you be in my dream if I could be in yours. As prophetic as morning doves, as groundhogs, as falling stars above. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now we're floating it down a river dark. As prophetic. Light above a river bright